Hey, AfterBuzzers, if you're listening to this, you obviously already like podcasts, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that you like music, too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts now on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now, as well as other shows that AfterBuzz TV does on all your favorite TV shows. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you don't miss an episode, you can download them when you have the internet to listen to them when you don't, and you can share what you're listening to with all your friends. All you got to do is go to the Spotify app and search AfterBuzz TV, followed by whatever TV show you love, because we cover over 150 different series a week here. You can even browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Make sure you follow this show because you never want to miss another episode of AfterBuzz TV. Lucifer can be a self-sabotaging jackass sometimes. Eve is awesome, and we meet the most evil entity we have ever seen on Earth on this show ever. And she's going to Harvard. Harvard! Harvard. Harvard. Does anyone know what cacophony means? She does, because she's going to Harvard. 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 Netflix's Lucifer season four, episode eight, Super Bad Boyfriend. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. Oh my gosh, Roxy, those are amazing Lucifer wings. Thank you so much. You what? can tell because I'm flapping them, what right? Are you, what are you doing, Stephen? Are you raising the roof? With my wings. What? No, those aren't wings. Why is that the rotation of your wings? Why is that the motion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. We have no idea what he's doing, but we do know who he is. On the panel today, we have Stephen Lemieux in the building. This episode was great. I loved it. These episodes. These episodes. These episodes. That's the Minnesota in him speaking. Harvard. And sitting next to him, of course, is the illustrious queen of all words. Roxy Stryer is in the building. I might know all words, but the one I'm choosing to use is Slay, Queen Slay. Roxy's got more titles than Daenerys now. It's like Roxy Stryer, Queen of Brains, Queen of Being Right, Queen of Us Disagreeing with Her. Let me have this one, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Breaker of Chains. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. You see what happens when you piss off the wrong person with multiple titles. And raising the roof with them both is Tehran I will be hosting. That is I. I am he. Uh, I'm hosting this after show panel as we talk Lucifer season four, episode eight. Super bad boyfriend. Today's breakdown will include the case and what the case really means to the show. Lucifer and Eve make up. Lucifer and Eve break up. Chloe comes clean to Lucifer. Lucifer comes clean too. Couples therapy. That's the best way to break up of all time. Dating Maze. Danella on the same page. Or are they? Aminadil and Caleb. Aminadil becomes a black angel. And I mean that literally. <laughs> Lucifer's revelation. News and gossip. Our special segment. Circles of hell. And some predictions of course. Much, much more. Let's begin with overall thoughts. What are we talking about overall thoughts in this episode 8? Steven. You know, there's there's episodes of TV that just really stick out, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a really great way of doing this, where they just have really comedic episodes, and they'll just tackle one that just hits a social issue in such a great way that doesn't make it feel like they're shoving anything down your throat, that it doesn't make you feel like you're supposed to lean one way or another. It humanizes characters, introduces a situation that's based on a social s- situation of the times, and then tackles it in a really respectful and really awesome way, and I think this episode really nailed that. 
I completely agree. Uh, I I think in this episode we started going off in ways that I really wasn't expecting us to go, and that means that they are working really hard in the writers' room to. Think of all of the possibilities and then pick the one that is best, but also not the not the path most traveled. And I think that's really cool. And I think it's going to lead for a great rest of this season as well as next season. I Fingers find crossed. it interesting that both of you felt that way. I'm glad that you did. I did enjoy the social commentary. I did think that at a point it was either go all the way with it or not at all. Had a minute deal been shot? I would have enjoyed it much more. I was hoping he'd get shot. What happens if a Manadil gets shot? At this point, we think nothing happens. However, as the angel he has become, I'm not exactly sure. Me neither. However, it would have had more meaning, and I'll tell you why. This was a situation of perspective. This was a Menadil actually, uh, Caleb is at this point, they did find the right person. Uh, at this point, he's in the presence of who someone who is being accused of murder. And with the Menadil's case, he's not exactly following the directions of the police. Now, were the police speaking harshly? Sure, but they also think they have just caught a murderer. Had Caleb been uh, found and it was the wrong person, this was a case of mistaken identity, or they were just black people walking around the neighborhood, I felt like the point would have hit home a lot harder. I do appreciate what the writers did, and I appreciate that they didn't try to shove it, quote-unquote, down your throat. But if you're going to do something, do it all the way. Do it right. I think that's why they didn't just have it be Caleb, though. They also had it be a Menadiel, because truthfully, the way they handled the Caleb situation was with too much force. However, if you have the murder weapon and you have his DNA on it, then you do have reason to believe he is the murderer, and it's not racial profiling fully at that point. It's we have this evidence and we are going after this person. Now, that's not talking about the way that they threw him on the ground and all of the excessive force. But a Menadiel, they had no reason to put a gun in his face. There was no reason to talk to him the way they were talking to him. And I think that if they hadn't had a Menadiel there and it had just been Caleb, that would have been them not going No, no, no. In. I'm saying that if Caleb and a Menadiel, it would have happened to both of them. So my, my point is, if Caleb was not accused of murder and this situation happened, it would have driven the point home more. Because at this point, you are... But why, in the why cus- would have you're done. in the presence of a, of a fugitive. But it was about DNA. It wasn't about... Oh, you're saying if it wasn't about DNA. If it wasn't, it they were about, just two police officers, two police officers who stopped uh, two black men who were walking in a nicer neighborhood, stopped them because this is, this is why. Caleb had brought up the point about rich white kids and that's why he felt out of place. And so had they just shown him also now in a rich white neighborhood and the police had stopped them, it would have driven the point home a little more. At this point, I don't know if the police would have treated white suspects any different. I think the—I I get what you're saying, but I think also you have to remember that this is a show that has the main characters as police officers and detectives and works within the police unit. So to push a storyline that vilifies police as a whole in, in terms of that, I think they did it in, in a middle ground that worked for— kind of the characters of this season, of this series. Because right now, I can see it going off in that direction, but then there would have to be much more follow-up than just having Dan show up and be like, those guys are douches, and then Dan feeling guilty about how they behaved and how he can reflect on how that's how he used to be. I feel like we would have had to get more closure with something happening to those cops and things like that, and they would have had to push it farther. 
And I don't think they wanted to spend as much time. I don't know if time. it would have vilified all the police force. That's something that we do as, as society. But the truth is there's bad and good people in every situation, and especially when it comes to police officers because of the use of force at times. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that we, poli- that we perceive all police officers as bad people when it's actually the instincts of a few police officers making everyone else look bad. When you're talking about we, you're talking about society? Society. Yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I think this is an interesting point, and this is something that I was thinking about. It's coming from the chat right now, by the way, we're live on uh, After Buzz Sci-Fi Fantasy and Superheroes Channel. Um, this is Ivan Soto who says, "Hasn't Amenadiel watched Earth over the centuries? Doesn't he know about racism?" This is the question I continue to ask myself too, as Amenadiel is questioning uh, whether or not he wants to live on this planet. When he's in this situation, uh, and he's like, "Wow, Earth has gotten worse," is that the case? I mean. Do is is this situation supposed to be depicting that racism is worse now than ever? Because otherwise, doesn't he have so many years of racism to compare it to? Not that we should have to compare, but unfortunately, I- racism is at its best right now. Even though it's more in your face, a lot of people also don't realize that. Is let's visualize times of slavery. Let's visualize the times, especially in the midst of Jim Crow. Let's visualize the times uh, in in the marches where hoses were being used on people, and we're looking at a time where, honestly, as bad as it is, it's the best that it's been. Exactly, but- and so therefore, I think what the show is trying to say is you don't know what it feels like till you feel it and that's why Amenadiel is finally uh, coming from this perspective because watch it all you want until you're in one of those situations it's not going to change your mind I also which I'm not necessarily agreeing with but I think that's what they're trying to say to play off that as well last episode we also had him meeting with Ramil on top of a building looking down on humans and saying we view them as ants so these these centuries and centuries of him watching humanity was not watching it from the perspective of what are their social issues and how are they treating each other based on their skin color color, things like that. It was the equivalent of us watching red and black ants fight each other well, on the ground. Well, don't you think that, that red, there are red and black ants? I think that, that you just said it right there. I don't think that they were... Uh, yes, it's different than humans, but no, no matter what descriptive word they're using to, to look at the situation, I think that they knew that they were fighting. Well, here's the thing, and it's interesting because that was another point, is that why would a deal not know? I know a lot of people felt that way. However, the truth is, unless it happens to you, you really don't know, and we see that in the case when we discuss privileges. Until it happens to you, you can possibly be unaware. It's not that you are uh, immune to it. It's not that you're uh, turning a blind eye to it. You just might simply not know because it does not affect you, and we see that happen often when it comes to, unfortunately, cases of racism, poverty, or anything of that nature. And all I'm saying is in this case, I loved this show. I thought it was great. However, in this particular storyline, had they taken it one step further or toned it down one step back, I would have thought it was a much more powerful, impactful way. What would toning it back have looked like having him not die? Having Caleb not die. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what toning it back would have looked like. Toning it back. You would have preferred that? I would have preferred one or that. The other. Or one or the other. And, and the only uh, consequence that I'll I'll accept from this is if this is the tipping point in my personal prediction of a minideal becoming the scourge that the earth needs but does not deserve. Did I do it right that time? Okay, so let's get to the case. You're, the case. You're a good Bruce Wayne. Victim Sandra Alfred. Baez, 32-year-old history teacher. Uh, Miss Baez jogs the track, showers, heads to class, gets clubbed to the head. To death. Want trauma to the head is the cause of death. Literally clubbed. And is having an affair of some sort with uh, Nate's dad. First person they 
interview Lexi. Guess what? Harvard. Harvard. We back, baby. We it, back. It's Harvard. Yeah, it's Harvard. it's Harvard. And also, she does end up being the killer. We are back mm-hmm. with the first person they speak to being the actual killer. If the only thing I ever knew from society was movies and television, I would be so afraid to cheat on anybody. Because if you if you see somebody as a cheater in a TV show or a movie, they're going to die. Like, that seems to be the consequence. If you are an adulterer, you're dead. And and I love that these shows do that. Like, because it's the quickest ma- way to make us not feel bad for somebody. When you're like, oh, but they're stepping out on their partner. Okay, kill them. Sure, why not? Well, he, was, she was, he wasn't cheating on her, though. But you don't feel bad for him talking about the situation. And she knows that he had a wife. He was separated. And they were apart. And she's not the one cheating. For a cheating. few months. And they hey. were not divorced. Hey. I just think life if you life. are the other woman or if you are – I'm not saying you should die, but I am saying these shows it are saying like that. It feels like you're saying you should die. I think you're saying you should kill your your affair. The mistress. <laughs> whoa, whoa, allegedly. Whoa, Let's whoa. use words like allegedly. Whoa. No, Maybe. I think the mistress should kill the, the half-stepson before she okay, herself gets killed. Okay, this needs to killed. stop. We need to stop doing this part of the show. <laughs> Let's, this. I think if they went forward or toned it back a little bit, it would have been much more powerful with the Harvard uh, <laughs> Again, not my opinion. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're if you on a... Not a your opinion, scene, but you're the one presenting, presenting it, it in yeah. every way. If you, and no one's asking you to. If you are okay. watching any kind of crime show, Understood. which this is, if somebody's a cheater or sleeping with somebody who's married then usually they're the one who ends up dead well we do realize that this every single episode deals with a type of sin which is why we get to play our game circles of hell but each of the sin doesn't always have to be in the case so in this case we do see adultery and adultery is a sin and the easiest way to make someone come off badly is to show them sinning Right. In any way. And in this situation... And that's a quick way to say it. Everybody knows what that is. You're a bad person. And that yeah. also pertains to Caleb, though, if you're going to draw it back to the other side of this episode, is, you know, what they say is you take Caleb, who, when you get to know this person, you're like, okay, this is somebody who ended up in a bad situation that they couldn't really avoid because of the people they're around would be violent if he didn't do what they told him to do. But also, on paper, he's somebody who's been caught for selling drugs before, and he's in a neighborhood that's been known to have gained violence and all of these different prerequisites. So it, it's very interesting how they've drawn kind of a little bit of a... Which is why I was really glad when Dan said exactly that. Yeah. Uh, because Lucifer, uh, Amenadiel starts to look at Dan uh, in an accusatory way, and he doesn't say straight up, I think you're racist, but he looks at him and he says multiple things that cause us as audience members to see what's going on in his mind, which is that he's thinking possibly Dan is racist. And when Dan lays it out, like, no, the, what those other cops did were wrong. I'm doing my job. He's a drug dealer. His DNA was found on the weapon. Uh, his prints were found on the weapon, and he's gotten in trouble before. And I'm not saying he 1,000% did this, but I'm definitely saying it's my job to look into it. Come on, what do you think of me, man? And I was glad that we saw that because, like we were talking about before, society does demonize all people, all, all the boys in blue. And I and I was glad that Dan stepped in and said, that's not why I'm doing this. And when it comes to the toning back or pushing forward, the only the only problem I have is it's always easy. It, Caleb did something wrong, and so we expect some interaction with the police. And while it looked very harsh because we had a uh, human, uh, human interpretation of who Caleb is, on paper, you're a drug dealer and a murderer. I apologize. However, at every arrest, a police officer will assess danger because yeah. that's how you stay safe. 
It would have been better had Caleb never done anything. Caleb was innocent, and they simply accused him of something. He he fit the description, and that's why I'm saying that. I no, agree with that. Saying, it blurs completely. the line when someone's actually guilty, and then something, interaction with the police happens with them. I partially agree with that because I think that for most audience members, you can't necessarily compartmentalize those things, and you're in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, he is a drug dealer. But at the same time, we have to keep in mind those are two completely different crimes. Dealing drugs and after hearing his story versus murdering somebody. And I think this is a more, not more realistic, but equally realistic story where you are a sinner in some ways. You have done crimes, but not what you're being accused of. Yes, plenty of times people are accused of things they have nothing to do with and have never committed a crime. But also, plenty of times this has happened, where it's just not the crime they're accusing you of, and you deserve a fair to be treated and tried fairly, even if you have committed a separate crime. Well, it's also the same thing happening with Lucifer right now. It's the exact same kind of instance of there's history books and evidence of Lucifer causing all these terrible accidents throughout time, and now the church and other people will deem him to be what he is and try to take him out without any cursory inspection of whether he did it or not based on the history that they have of that person. So it's kind of drawing a little bit of a comparison with the character of Lucifer here. Yeah, and make sure you guys stay tuned to the news and gossip section of this show because we actually have quotes from uh, D.B. Woodside, who plays Amanda Deal, and from the writers about why they chose this story and how uh, he felt portraying Amanda Deal in, in this specific situation. It was excellent acting. Was it a good tease? It was excellent. Thank you. I just wanted a compliment from you, too. It was. It was actually. I tried to impress you. I can't wait to hear the news and gossip. And those wings, those magnificent. Stop doing that, Stephen. Stop, please. Actually, I think. uh, Put your hands down. You're actually kind of racist right now. So let's get to (laughs) Lucifer and Eve making up. All right. Lucifer and Eve make up as, as Chloe comes clean to Lucifer about the. Prophecy, something mm-hmm. that was predicted last week. By. By Roxy. By Roxy. Queen of the predictions. Queen of the predictions. Don't remember it. You know, it. what's so great is that, like we talked about for the first few episodes of this season, it would have just been so drawn out had she not told, told Lucifer. Yeah, thank God. They, just tell him. We already lived this. We already learned from this. Just tell him. And she did. And I was so grateful for that. They threw us for a loop, though, because at the beginning, it was like, everything's fine. And yeah. you're like, oh, God, no, not this again. And then it was like literally two minutes later. They're like, okay, let me tell you this. Uh, 30 seconds. She just pulled him aside. Was it weird how quickly he jumped on board with the prophecy thing? Because he seemed to just be like, oh, okay, this is what the prophecy is. I just have to break up with Eve. It seems like he's been looking He just wanted a reason to break up with Eve. Yeah, he just needed a reason. He. This is why the whole thing is so strange. Because, yes, she might be his first love. But he. I do not think so. But I yeah, do not think he's that's ever what I was loved. Say. I've said that throughout I, every. Yeah, show. I, you have, and I wasn't necessarily on board. But this time, I kind of feel like I am because you're telling me. I mean, think about you said you've never been in love, so I don't know, Stephen. Think about your first love. Anybody at home? Think I've never said love. that I haven't been in love. Yes, Roxy. you did. I've been in love with you, and I've been in love with myself. Okay, so all right, you loved yourself first. So think about yourself. Yes. You. It. I don't think it matters. If you've ever been in love with the person, if they come back one year, two year, a thousand years later, you don't feel something, anything, a little thing. If you were in love, if you were really in love, when they come back, I think you feel something. And it feels like he feels nothing for her. 
Yeah, Nothing. He, he just has the thirst. It's not just thirst. It's con- it's also convenience. Also, she makes an, a, a great a great uh, companion. Partner in crime. She, she's ex- she's very eager. She's willing. She's hot. She's great looking. She Fun. does what he asks her to do. I love Eve. I love Eve too. I love her. I love Eve. But it's also like she's somebody who's never been able to forge her own identity. She was created from the rib of Adam to be something. And that doesn't really... It's like a lot of humans are struggling in this world to find out what is their purpose and what were they meant for. She was created with an express purpose and then discarded for that same purpose. So now she's left to the sidelines to latch on to anything that she can to try to find her own purpose. And right now that's Lucifer. So this isn't necessarily Eve. I feel like she just takes on the characteristics of whatever she sets her sights on. It's a bit of Eve to be, to hear the prophecy and only hear, you love me? All right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a scene. That was, that was such so an epic line, though, good. because... I'm telling you, I know this girl. I know her too. I know this girl. I no matter what he says, you hear what you want, and it happens to men and women. But in this situation, the fact that that's what she takes away from it, I'm just sitting there with my head in my hand, like, why are you so many girls I went to high school with? Why just listen what he said? Don't you you love me? No. But she's just like Lucifer in that way. In that. Linda tells him everything and like says this is the stuff and he only takes what he wants from it and only hears what he wants to hear. And I I really enjoyed the scene with Eve and Lucifer and Linda. I thought that was just something to look forward to that we finally got. It was done very well. It was definitely and we'll get to that of course in the couple's therapy because that does play a huge part. And then finally Lucifer and Eve do break up. They break up m- multiple times. The final breakup was the real breakup. But she's still living with it? I don't know if we know the when is done. You ever have these relationships that kind of seem to trickle out more even after you break up? I'm, I, this is into predictions, but I just have a feeling they're going to do a little. They're going to go to Bone Town again. Bone Town population them two. So you think that Eve will get back in good graces with Lucifer? I didn't necessarily say that. You don't have to be in the best graces to go to Bone Town. Okay, that's true. That's true. Bone Town's not a graceful place. Not did you always. did you all appreciate the fact that Chloe came clean to Lucifer so quickly? Oh yeah, I appreciated that. Yes, I know that if we had twenty episodes this season, that wouldn't have happened. Exactly, and I'm just glad that it did. Because and you're saying that because now that it's Netflix, now that it's ten episodes, yeah, we're like, moving quickly. Yeah, I just don't. I don't need the the drawn out storylines. Like I love how quickly they're moving through storylines, but also keeping these breadcrumbs spread throughout the ones that they wrap up so you can have an overarching storyline but then have these leapfrog smaller ones that start and finish because i just don't need it i don't need another two episodes we already covered it in episode three and four with lucifer lying and chloe lying and having the dichotomy switch between the two you don't need that again like just you're in contact with father kinley what's he's gonna what's he gonna do he's just gonna find out you lied again then we're gonna go through the drama again it's like great ready for something you haven't heard come out of my mouth yet 
I agree, Stephen. What? With who? Where? Hell, I hell agree is freezing over as we speak. Stephen. Maybe the prophecy is actually true and it's coming true right now. But oh. I disagree with you, Roxy. I would have loved to see this play out for another six You episodes. disagree with Roxy agreeing with you. <laughs> uh-huh. That is classic Stephen. Uh, Lucifer comes clean as well. Lucifer admits that he doesn't like the way he's feeling with either one of them. I was really surprised to hear him say this. The To be self-aware enough to know that he doesn't like how he feels with Eve. That's something I feel like we've worked all season since he's met her too. But then for him so quickly to realize, wait, it's not just with her. I actually don't like how I feel with Chloe either. Strong. Yeah. That one threw me for a loop and I think was really smart. We said this on the last episode too, where we said like he's getting advice from all these different areas and he really needs to look inside himself and get rid of the angel and the devil on his shoulder and just be the devil himself. Stephen, you say we, do you mean me? I mean, both of us. It was me. It was definitely not. It was me. It was. It was. You two. Couples therapy. You two need it. But at this point, <laughs> Lucifer, Eve, go to Linda. Lucifer, of course, his his realization is comes from the, the kids when he's like, what was the... What was the clinch of how your parents broke up? And, of course, it's like, oh, oh they went to therapy. And he's like, oh, so therapy is the best way to break up. He decides to go to couples therapy. And the way that he went about it was so strange. Because I, I agree that couples therapy theoretically should move you in one direction or the other. It either mends the relationship or it gives you guys the strength and the courage to decide you're not right for each other. But in this, when, you're, when you walk in and you're like, here we are, the perfect couple. And uh, this is my lovely wife, and I have no problems with her, and she's just brilliant and great. And wh- What? We just have been talking about this whole thing. You're not supposed to be able to lie. So what's happening? Mic drop, I guess? What? No, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, it's just like, I'm understanding yeah. and agreeing with you. Yeah. I don't know if Steven's formulating he, a disagreement. He was, yeah, I'm formulating Probably. a disagreement. No, he was, he, was, he was hinting at Linda what he wanted. He was... Saying the exact opposite of what he meant because he knew Linda would tear it apart. But then Linda and Eve start figuring out that Lucifer's the problem. Lucifer's the problem. He doesn't. He doesn't get the things that they tell him, as Stephen was pointing out. And they started agreeing. And once again, Eve had that effect of making someone her good friend. Uh, that's why I love Eve, and I don't. I the only person I don't like her relationship with is Lucifer. I love her with every interaction she's had with every other person, with Chloe, with Maze, with Amenadiel, uh, with Linda. I'm loving Eve on this show. I just don't love her and Lucifer. Eve and Lucifer are not the only couple that have decided to kind of call it quits. We see Danella need to get on the same page. Oof. This one felt weird and probably goes against what my previous prediction was. Is that why it felt weird? Because it's not going the way you thought forward it with your prediction. It's not not why not 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 not. Mm-hmm. Try to figure that one out. I that disagree. A, that was a cacophony. <laughs> it was a cacophony of knots. I think that I really would like them together if Dan and um, Ella were at their best. But because they're at their worst right now, I feel like just he is bungling this. Ugh. Ugh, I don't like this version of Dan. I thought it was just so awkward at the very beginning when Chloe and Lucifer walked in. Oh, like you're Dan. I love your that ex, scene, Dan's actually. ex-wife. Ex- Dan's ex, ex-wife, ex, ex-wife, 
I love with that. A, with a kid. You guys have a, a kid. Is it your a, ex? A, an offspring. Yeah. I mean, Together. Chloe and Lucifer have to have some inkling, or are they just, like, not paying attention? Because, like, they don't mention it at all in this episode, but, like, it has to come out that Dan and Ella hooked up. I think Chloe knows. I don't think Chloe so knows. Too. I don't think Chloe knows. I th- I thought it was a fun way to present how awkward when one person feels guilty or as if they're being called out and no one else in the room knows. It's kind of like getting good cards in poker and you're like, <gasps> and no, we're, we can only tell about your fate. We don't know what you have. The reason you might be right is because Ella is so weird all of the time. That Chloe might not have picked up on it, but she is a detective, and Ella is act, and now Dan is acting super weird. She must know something's up. Well, also, she knows that Dan was investigating how Julian got his back broken. He brought in the garbage can and did that, and now she, you know, gets a phone call, finds out that it could be a cop, so she's like, hey, we got to figure out what this is. And then he shuts her up mid-sentence. Like, something that anyone would be like, this is a serious issue, we need to, like... The way Ella backed out, she figured something out. Ella backed up as if she's like, yeah, it's probably nothing, yeah. You don't think that was because of the awkward kiss? I think it's both, because... I think it was both as well. Dan, you know, he's like a hound dog when he gets on on a scent for something like that. And she saw it just an episode ago with the garbage can where he's like, you know, something doesn't feel right. I just really want to look into it. I went back to the cleaners. I got the garbage. Like, he's really going detective mode. And then she gives him a deliberate lead of, like, this is a big problem. Somebody on our force set somebody else on our force up to be injured. And it puts your daughter at risk. You should want to know who did it. He's also super duper protective of cops. So she But it's his daughter. That's why that's why it's clearly it worked. I mean, clearly she thought about it more. So she even if it's not in the moment, she went back and was like, wait, something's not adding up. Yeah, she has to be investigating it. For someone that's young, you are still are we still shipping Dan and Ella? Because I can't. I was never really a fan of it. I want them I like that it happened, but I wasn't a fan of it happening, and I'm I'm glad that it took this twist. This is where I imagined it. I like them together. I do. I just don't like them together like this right now. Hey, After Buzzers, we wanted to quickly let you know about one of our new sponsors, the podcast Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is a comedy podcast featuring siblings Christine and Alex who read the one-star reviews they can find on the internet of anything and everything written by real people with not-so-real problems. From bad reviews of grocery stores in Ohio to strip clubs in Vegas, Alex and Christine read you some of the worst reviews in the most dramatic way possible. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify or any of your favorite podcast apps, and you can also find them on all social media platforms at Beach Too Sandy. Check it out. I want him to be a better person because she deserves like the best dude. Steven? I don't see them together. No, but do, are you shipping it? Do you want them together? Yes no. or no? No. Not really. I think she deserves wanna... better. So Roxy says yes, Steven says no. I'd love to know what all of you at home think. In the comments below, let us know yes or no. Are we shipping Danella as is? This is it. Are we shipping Danella? Because, as you all know, you are as much a part of this panel, if not more so than all of us. And we do a after show on a variety of TV shows from comedy to sci-fi, drama, and more. All your favorite shows, we have your favorite after shows right here at AfterBuzz. And you're very much a part of this family, so thank you so much. But we do ask for one 
little thing. What? We need you to comment below, share, subscribe, spread the word, and share the love of your favorite TV shows. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star rating we so greatly deserve. And as always, we thank you for making us be the ESPN of TV talk. A lot of people in the chat say no. They don't like Dan and Ella. They say maybe we should ship God and Ella because God's single now. I don't know, but we got a few iTunes reviews, guys. Thank you so much for going to iTunes. Leave me those five stars in a comment. I'm glad the show is back by Del Mario. I've been waiting to hear this group together since the last season of Lucifer. Looking forward to many episodes in the future. Love what you're doing individual episodes for the Netflix revived shows. That's Del Mario's voice. That's Del Mario's voice. I think he heard me imitating Lucifer with my fake British accent. I did it first. I did it first this episode. I did it first this episode. I did. Watch the playback. Did it first. When? Uh, when did that happen? I don't want to be involved in this. Right in the intros. I think it was right in the intros. I think you two should see other people. It's not you. It's both it's of you. It's not you. It is you. Who else gave us a shout out on the comments? Black Divitude. <laughs> the Trinity of Hosts. Three of my favorite hosts on one show. Fire! Okay. Oh, I think they just meant like fire. My bad. Read it wrong. No, I like the way inflection's you, really important. It is very important. No, uh, it's like fire. Inflection plays a huge fire. part in the way the police deal with Aminadil and Aminadil and Caleb's relationship. Uh, it felt very fatherly, fatherly, and father and son. I really liked it. I really liked seeing Aminadil try to test out how he could be a father because it's like he is already a good being. I'm not going to say person, but he's a good being who wants to see the best in people and. He's very protective of the people he cares about. And it was just nice seeing him just kind of be a normal dude hanging out with, like, hanging out with the underprivileged kids, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that you were calling it a father-son relationship because that's how Amenadiel's looking at it. And he makes that very clear. If I'm Caleb, I'm creeped the F out. I, <laughs> I would be like, what? You're not my daddy. But he seemed down with it. And when Amenadiel's like, and then afterwards... We'll go get ice cream. We'll go get some ice cream. Uh, run, Caleb, run. Here's the thing. with First of all, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Denny Love, a very good friend of mine and fellow comic who played Caleb. Oh, he was cool. really good. Uh, amazing job he did playing the role of this misguided, misunderstood. He's a stand-up? And misused youth. Yes, he is. Wow, that's great because this was a very dramatic role. It was a dramatic role. It was a dramatic role. And I, also, in this situation, playing something of this role is not an easy thing to do. However, I did question, where were her, his parents? I know they were on vacation, but then they were back. He's not a black kid who's missing a father and needs someone to fill that role. Both his parents are in his life. Yeah. Why did we never see them? No idea. No idea. If my kid is trying to get ice cream with a stranger, I'm stepping in. My underage kid. I think it was a situation of even with his parents being in his life and them being on vacation, they might be like, I don't know. I don't think they were wealthier, though, were they? Like, can we say that they were wealthy parents? Well, what are you, what are you getting at? Well, because there is the situation of, like, people who have parents that are, that are so busy with their own lives that they kind of ignore their child. Whether or not he's going to a good college or he's doing well in high school, it just kind of doesn't matter. They may have been absent parents, but I do not think that they were impoverished parents because they were on vacation in the middle of the year. Yeah, but at the same time, he was saying he doesn't fit in with the, oh, you think when rich he said... Rich white kids. You think it yeah. was I don't think it was in. just rich kids. I think the concept of rich white kids was the point he was making, is that he's not just saying, hey, they're white, but they're also rich and white, which is but then the why equivalent is he of drugs? saying that they're extremely privileged. He was selling drugs because he to was trying to 
to fit in with the black kids who are from the hood, which is actually another thing that the writers, I thought, did an excellent job on, is getting the concept of uh, a black kid who is doing well in school, trying not to, to fit in with the quote-unquote stereotypical concept of the popular black kid, which unfortunately is not the majority of black kids at all, and even though it's the one that and the narrative is pushed on us so much. Yeah. Is I that agree. he wanted to go to the hood and be in the hood because that's what that's what the media portrays is the concept of black. So oftentimes we see people say, oh, that guy's acting black. No, they're acting ghetto. They're not acting black. Martin Luther King never acted like that. Uh, President Obama never acted like that. And they are very black as well. So that concept of I need to not do as well because I want to fit in is a narrative that the media has pushed. And unfortunately, so many people have believed. It kind of reminds me of that scene in the Green Book with um, the character when he goes out of the car and he's like, who, who am I supposed to be? Because he has identity issues because there's no society or no group of people that he can comfortably fit in with and, and meld with. And it's unfortunate in this case with Caleb, the, the, the people that he decides are the people that he can meld with and fit in with are the people who are going to put him in terrible situations like They this. are. And they're the ones who unfortunately use him. And have him try to sell drugs when he's clearly not cut out for it. I don't necessarily see an issue with him trusting Amenadiel, though. Because Amenadiel was not introduced as just some, like, older black dude who walked up to him. He walked into Lux looking for Lucifer. And Amenadiel was like, well, I'm Lucifer's friend. Lucifer, or Lucifer's brother. brother. And Lucifer's known around town as somebody who actually gets favors done and is, has a legitimate name in Hollywood. I didn't think it was crazy that he brought Amenadiel to try to clear his debt. I thought it was crazy that he didn't think it was crazy to get ice cream with him afterwards. I thought it was crazy when Amenadiel gave his priceless god artifact as collateral to the random drug dealer. Yeah, like just who, beat him up and walk away. Who are so gangster and so hood that they have the couches outside, which is a very and it's a it's a very hood thing to do. It was it was a scene. Unfortunately, also knowing the people who portrayed them, you'd be like, oh well, they're not hood at all. But. It was, I like that scene. He goes there, but I can't believe he gave the priceless artifact. Why didn't Amenadiel just have a bunch of money? I, I don't know. Clear. Or come back right away with, hey, I'm going to grab a gold bar from Lucifer's. Well, we don't know how long it took him to come back. He got that necklace back pretty quick. But my question was, did Caleb not end up dead until Amenadiel got his necklace back because they wanted to make sure Amenadiel came back with the money before they killed Caleb? No, it was because... Remember what he says to Kayla before they leave. They say, if this blows back on us, we blow back on you. Right. And literally, Caleb's arrested. They know he's been selling drugs, and he has a murder weapon. Regardless of him getting off or not, he was arrested with a history of drugs, and that blows back on he, he him. Right, but I don't think that they did that. I want to clarify something real quick. He wasn't arrested because of the history of selling drugs. He had never actually been caught selling drugs. The The concept is, when they asked the kids... He Caleb was pointed out because he sells drugs, Got also okay. because he was the black kid in school and he sold drugs, and it was that was what the narrative that they're trying to push, and we were supposed to actually understand from that. Yeah. As they pointed him out, he was the odd man out, and also he had sold the the witnesses that they had spoken to. He had sold them drugs, but a hundred percent, those guys were the ones who shot Caleb and killed him. Or do we? That's you know what is that open to interpretation? They actually left that open because for there was a time where I I thought it was the police. They made it seem, and of course, when Amenadiel went and attacked them, they didn't deny it. But they didn't I, say it. They didn't say it either. They he uh, the gang leader did mention 
to the effect of uh, we said if it blew back on us, we would blow back on y'all. And so that was the, yeah, we did it line. However, it wasn't exactly clear cut. So I could see how people could misinterpret it. I hope that they did it because I don't want this to come back up. That it was somebody else, not them. Then Amanda Deal feels bad for kicking the crap out of these guys and blah, blah, blah. I just am going to assume it was them. Are we under the assumption that Amanda Deal is bringing Caleb back to life? Because at the end, he's in the morgue and he puts the necklace on him and then looks up at God. No, I no. think he's saying Caleb's going to heaven. And take care of him, please. Yeah, Got it. I, and he's definitely not bringing him and back to life. And he's made the decision to bring his son to the Silver City, so I guess Caleb's going to have a little brother or something? The Silver City. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. When it comes to uh, dating Maze. Oh, man. That was, listen, one of my favorite storylines to date is Maze and her and her blind dates in this situation. Her and, didn't turn down. And then her her white date who was like, we're both alphas. <laughs> He was, he was the least alpha person I've ever seen. Exactly. Said. That's why I loved it so much. It was great. And then, of course, Eve and Maze go on a play date, quote unquote, that turns out to be more of a real date than any other date that Maze has had. Yeah. And I thought that this was really, really great because now I ship them hard and I could see this actually working. And I think that they're uh, both on the show. Not that you have to put a label on it, but we've they've both been bisexual. They've we've seen them with sexually men. fluid, so sexually fluid. Uh, and I think that they would make a good couple personality wise. I just think that they would be there for each other through through thick and thin, appreciate each other, respect each other. And I think they would be a much better couple than even Lucifer. It was Dan in this situation that I wanted to throw through an effing window. Douche Dan again. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, what? Was... Why do you guys, after I say things, why do you guys just let it sit? We just because bask in it for a I'll second. tell you why I personally do it. Because there are things that, when, for example, your disdain for Dan and being a douche is something that I can't even begin to touch. Because you're doing it on several levels. You're doing it as a, a fan of the show. You're doing it as a person who is a female but you're also doing it as if you've been in situations with this guy <laughs> oh i know and Dan. so yeah it, you've dated dan like you dan has liked you you've given dan a try and now you hate dan and that's why we're like as far as i am that's why i'm quiet after you say something in it in regard specifically to dan <laughs> you know dan a little too well you that yuck comes from a place it comes from a real place that's not just lucifer yuck that's uh that's the dan Dan needs oh. to. I blocked Dan on my phone. Yeah. A lot of people in uh, in the chat think that Eve still has some kind of powers, and I'd be interested to see that. Like everyone seems to just hit it off with Eve perf- perfectly, and possibly she just has the power of being the perfect wife or being the perfect partner. It might just be something that comes naturally. She was since she was created to be uh, the wife of Adam. She might have been created to adapt to whoever she's put around to be their perfect but partner. But we see her being a, a very good chameleon. We see her adapting to the new Lucifer persona, which is meant to push her away. We see her jump right into Fantasy that. Football. We see her jump into being Maze's date, even with the voice, the sultry voice she tries to turn on. But then she comes around. I mean, Eve is definitely, if nothing else, when it comes to her personality, it does shapeshift. Who is Eve? We still don't know, except that she is the first pleaser. And I think she still doesn't really know. I think she, Stephen, you nailed it. She is whoever she's around and whatever would make them happiest. And that was what she was created to do. 
And I think she's tried to do that. She's trying so hard to do it with Lucifer, and I loved these scenes. But I think she does it with literally with Linda, with Maze, with Dan, with anybody she encounters, with any random in the orgies. She's there. She's whatever their they perfect need. Mate. Yeah. Do do we believe Maze when she tells Dan no? No way. I'm not in love with. I'm not trying to get Eve. I'm not in love with Eve. Do we believe Maze? I believed her with Linda. I don't believe her with this. She's trying to get her. Yeah, she seems into her. Um, yeah, even even especially because she was so angry when somebody called it out. Because usually you just brush that off like, really? It, it would have been a chuckle. She got mad. And, of course, we see Dan is trying to be punished at that moment. He's... Because he deserves it. Ugh. Which yeah. really, it, it really kind of likens to Lucifer, where Lucifer kind of thinks, like, hates himself. We find out at the end. So... You know, Dan and Lucifer's Lucifer, revelation. Yeah, they're more alike than they think. Exactly, and that that concept, that dichotomy, and we we get a lot of that um, denial. We understand the concept of denial when it comes the river, not the river in in Egypt. No, but the concept of Lucifer's denial. We've we've spoken on. That oh, before. like the river. Got okay, it. we're okay. done. We're done. And Lucifer at the end specifically says. That there is something rotten inside of me. I find it near impossible to drown out the constant cacophony of voices whispering in my ear, telling me I am evil. I'm drowning, I'm drowning, doctor, and I can't stop asking myself, why do I hate myself so much? And now we finally get to this show diving in on real subjects like depression and how people feel like when, they ha- when they're depressed. And I really like that they're kind of tackling it from this angle of a lot of people having these these self-judgments of who they're supposed to be versus who the person they actually are, are. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is the first time Linda did any kind of useful therapy, getting him to be able to come to this revelation. Uh, and I think this was the most relatable quote the show's ever had. Well, I'm glad to find it that way. Let's get into some uh, news and gossip. Okay. <laughs> So this is coming from Entertainment Weekly. They talked to Joe Henderson, the writer, and D.B. Woodside, who plays Amenadiel, talking about uh, all of the racial issues going on in this episode. Uh, Joe Henderson was talking about what would cause the biggest gut punch to Amenadiel because they wanted his character to react as such. Uh, And he also says, everyone sort of felt like we wanted to say something in reaction to the current climate. And the question was, can we find a story that would fit within our language? We found this and got really excited because it both speaks to where our characters are, but hopefully lets us say something. I grew up on Star Trek The Next Generation. All of those racial metaphors that existed in that, I think, made a difference. I think part of the responsibility of fantasy is to, in any small way, address them. So I love that he um, referenced Star Trek here because it's a lot. uh, People do that all the time when referencing trying to tell this kind of story. uh, D.B. Woodside said, because I'm the only African-American castmate, you always feel an extraordinary amount of responsibility when dealing with storylines that pertain to race relations in our country, especially since they're more obvious to people now. There's absolutely nothing new in this episode or nothing new in this country that we don't live with every day since the day of our birth. It's sad, but true. Uh, I thought that was a really powerful quote. It is very, very powerful. That's... um a great interview, and I suggest that everyone reads it. He does talk about this. He talks about the previous episodes yeah. and how uh, that race being mixed and things play, so it's a great read. Uh, Steven, 
time to play our favorite game, Circle of Hell. Circles of Hell. Uh, so we skipped the seventh circle last week because uh, we ran out of time, but we have the seventh circle this week. But I'd be interested to uh, see what you guys think and see how we can finagle this into into fitting the episode. All right, I got my creative hat on. All right, the seventh circle of hell is divided into three rings. The outer ring houses murderers and people who are violent to others and property. The So that one fits pretty clearly. Pretty clearly. And then the middle ring... Uh, Sir Lexi's going to Harvard. I'm so sorry. God dang it. The middle ring has people who were suicidal, and that's the middle ring. It's basically just dedicated straight up to suicides. And then the the inner ring is blasphemers. 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 People who are blasphemous. Yes, people who are blasphemous. So Lucifer fits into a lot of those, but I feel like this deals with a lot of... And sodomites. Sodomites, too. Yes. Eve. 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 So she's, I, I just feel that if it's anyone, Eve. Eve's going to, Eve's going to the uh, seventh just, circle. Maybe Lucifer. Maybe they focused on the, the outer ring for this one. Yeah, I think they focused on the outer ring murderers and people who are violent to others in there. Let's property. try to make the inner ring fit. I'd love to hear this. Yes, yeah, Stephen. It's blasphemy <laughs> that Lucifer would break up with Eve because she's so perfect. She Actually, it, a lot of people did not want Lucifer to break up with Eve. Uh, and the reasons for his breakup. I'm not one of those. The reasons for his breakup are wrong. It's blasphemy to break up for, with somebody for for a reason like that. Because he shouldn't break up with her because of a prophecy. He should break up with her because he wants to break up with her. And eventually he did. And he specifically says, "I don't like who I am with you," and brings it all back to that. So powerful. So let's get into our predictions as we predict what will be happening. Your after two more episodes TV left. Predictions. I really hope that we'll see Amenadiel walk up to more strippers and ask if they have a good relationship with their father. I love that scene. It was so good. <laughs> she wasn't a stripper. She was a dancer in the club who was dancing half naked. Yes. Agreed. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to. I know my predictions are about Ella a lot, but I really think that Lucifer is going to... I think Lucifer is going to end up in hell. I, don't, I think that Eve's going to be there with him somehow because he's just seemingly got to get there and I think that Ella is going to see his true face and be a believer again. With two episodes left, I have to say that the I hate myself revelation cannot just be one that's profound but has to have meaning to the prophecy and I need those to tie in. Of course, what I need, I mean, if the writers take us on the journey they have been, then we're all on board. So, but that would be a nice tie-in for me. What if Lucifer's first love is himself, and this is all a journey of self-love? Then he would be very much like me. Until then, let's find out where we can find you, Stephen Lemieux. Y'all can find me making dumb jokes every day here at AfterBuzz TV and at Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. That's right, and I am Tehran. Literally, I am Tehran all across the board. That's I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N as I host a slew of AfterBuzz shows as I talk about all of your favorite programs because guess what? They're my favorite programs too. For right now, Lucifer is the favorite of all the favorites. We are talking Season 4, Episode 9 next time binge watching it with you until next time same netflix lucifer time same netflix lucifer after buzz after show harvard